What is happening, everyone? It's Kyle from Magpie Twenty Four Seven, and it's number well, it's episode eighteen. And uh, Paul, we've made it this far. We'll keep the the wheels keep on turning uh, on Magpie Twenty Four Seven. But um, we've we've decided to switch it up a little bit. Um, you might have noticed the past couple of podcasts. Paul did the preview for West Ham, and I did the season preview by myself. It was like a solo podcast, but we've came to a conclusion that it's a very it's not a very good thing to do, um, to do solo podcasts. Um, I didn't enjoy enjoy it as much. The bat, like the band, I wasn't there. The back and forths, and that's really why we did podcasts. That's why we started podcasts. So, although it might be in a case where you might enjoy them, which is fine, which is um, why we're going to keep them, but in a different format. Um, but the podcast, it'll be just as usual, me and Paul. Um, if there's a if there's a problem or a bump in the road, as Paul put in one of his um, man in a van things a couple of days ago, um, we'll just be doing it. We'll do a video about it and we'll put it on the 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 YouTube channel Paul uses currently um, for his man in a van videos. Or, or more recently, myself with uh, the Paul called it the any twenty nine view. I think it was. Um, yeah. I'd have, I had an idea of KT Ramble, but um, I think, I don't know, I think NA29 view sounds a little bit better. That one, what it, you it, think it's on that stuck one? with you, hasn't it? That hashtag NA29 is yeah. stuck with you. It's, 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 it's synonymous, if I can pronounce my words at this time of night. Uh, but <laughs> yes, we have we have made it to episode 18. So we are now of complete nut at legal age. So we can literally say anything now. So the, the, the cuffs are off. We've got to number 18. Um, somehow, somewhere, despite Kyle, yes, plenty of bumps in the road. People keep going along and leaving us the odd bump here and there and the odd detour and stuff. But uh, yes, if at first you don't succeed, you try, try, and try again. And uh, yes, we'll be continuing on the upwards uh, on the upwards trend. And just whilst I'm on, uh, whilst we're talking about numbers and upward trend, a fast approaching five thousand already, which is unbelievable stuff and numbers yeah, so a massive thank you to everybody for the ongoing support and uh, messages and comments and uh, yeah it's uh, it's it's great it's great to see it is mate it is I mean we've only been going a, a what a couple of months and we've we've put in uh, we've put in a lot of um a lot of graft into Magpie twenty four seven, but it's out of love. Like I say, graft. It's it's not. It really isn't. It's just it's just day to day. What we're kind of used to, just putting stuff on Facebook and putting stuff on Twitter more recently and Instagram more recently as well, um, and doing podcasts and stuff. Because like I've said a couple of times now, um, if we weren't doing podcasts or content or anything, like, we'll just be chatting shit over Messenger in anyway. So we might as well put it on a platform and give people the opportunity to listen to listen to it if they so wish to i mean something's I'll, tell you something, Carlo, I'll tell you something it, it, it's not as easy as it seems is it it's not as easy as, as it seems yeah it, it's second nature to us but it's not uh it's not easy it's uh it takes dedication to the cause and oh, it I takes a lot of hard graft and stuff like that it's just it's not like you just snap your fingers and it all comes together and everything. But uh, yeah, we enjoy we, we enjoy the craft. We enjoy the interactions, the banter, the piss taking. Well, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's 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 just it's the the reason we do it. Like obviously, the nice messages we're getting and stuff is just a just a massive bonus. But like 
just making content about Newcastle, really about the club we love and being able to just be, just be fans and use this platform and 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 like interacting with people as a as a, I suppose a release as we and as we're heading towards a second lockdown or a, more of a local lockdown, which has affected both of us or for you. Because I find this story bloody bloody mental. Yeah, you you're only a couple of miles above like the border, of the north aren't like the northeast, aren't you? So you in one place like in your home, you have to abide by these rules. But if you go three miles south to Darlington, you can travel in 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 teams of six and and all sorts, which is crackers. bizarre. <laughs> it is crackers. I mean, like I said, I could pop over and see Rob and have a, a cup of coffee and a catch up with Rob, no problem. But if my own mother was to come over, she'd have to be told you can't. Um, she'll be listening as well a bit. But you can't come over because of the you know the, the lockdown stuff. Um, so it's it's a strange, strange situation that we find ourselves in at the moment. Um, yeah, the country's in a bit of a mess and stuff like this. We hope that we're providing a little bit of light relief, a bit of information, debate, banter about Newcastle, but. Yeah, I mean, our influence, Carl, is already spreading far and wild. You know, why we've, we've talked about messages from Norway, uh, from South America, from Australia and stuff. Uh, you know, getting I even got stopped in the dentist to talk about the Brighton <laughs> the Brighton game as I was going to get a, um, a tooth seen to by uh, Isaac Yankum, DDS. Um, <laughs> <laughs> literally the same law. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, so I mean, you know, people talking about the channel, talking about the game, talking about Newcastle. So it does um, help people to forget about all of the the crap and the the stupid rules and the little sayings that Boris comes out with and stuff, and concentrate on something greater, the greater good for Newcastle. Eh? So oh. yes. Well, when the greater good comes around, in any way, it's usually mostly bad, especially with this takeover shit at the minute. <laughs> But we'll crack into it because we didn't do a like a, a, a review together. We did like solo videos um for the for obviously the um for the Blackburn game. But what a um, game. That, that was one that was one thing we were doing because um obviously when we kind of do podcasts together, we do like solo videos and stuff, and your man with a van stuff does very well. Um and people really enjoy that, and I hope people enjoy my my uh, view, my and you any 29 view the same but um it's just about spreading it out sometimes we might do a do something on instagram sometimes make one facebook it's just spreading the love to all the all the platforms that we do because being like obviously it's magpie 24 7 want to give all the all the brands and all the things a bit of love obviously there's, there's some youtube channels there's some twitter pages there's some facebook pages whatever it may be but we're we're looking to be more of a brand and i suppose to answer one of the questions in the first q a that we did is that that's probably how we could be different because we want to be we want to be relatively active on on all platforms uh, and interacting with people and that's that's starting to come in now because obviously one thing me, me and Paul brought was um, the the Instagram. It was it's it had a bit of a slow start in comparison to everything else, and we're kind of wondering why. But things are starting to really come through with Instagram now. So thank you to all these for supporting the Instagram as well. And if you haven't followed it, I I do recommend it. It's a it's a it's a good little um good little place for you for your Instagram. I think. But um, we'll crack into the podcast, Paul, because for ten minutes we've yep. spouted nothing about football. <laughs> 
we've we've chatted more about the dentist than we'll have about Newcastle, so we'll crack straight into it. Um, well, this, this this first game was a lot like the painful experience I had at the dentist. So yes, there is there is a there is a bit of a segue there going. <laughs> but um, this was the ugliest game I've seen for a while, and um, yeah, it was a it was a painful performance, a bit like the teeth pull, but um, it was just. It, yeah, it was it was painful. I mean, Blackburn. I don't know how they didn't beat up by three or four. They had they had two really good chances through Holtby. Um, the striker had a good chance. Adam Armstrong had a had a half a chance to score. It, they were just they were relentless, and they had chance after chance after chance. Yet Newcastle had one good chance in the game, and were scored from it. Um, there's not in terms of like the game, there isn't really much to say that we haven't already said in the videos. It was a it was a really ugly performance, uh, but especially when how well we played against West Ham. For the obviously the they made a they made a couple of changes. Paul will probably go into that, but um, it was a really really ugly performance, and we only just I don't know how we dragged through. Like, did how did you watch it again? Well, I actually watched it watch. on <laughs> yes, other means, Kyle. Other means. I was not going to part with ten pound, and I think I was justified in that, um, because to be honest, <laughs> I'd have been what nine pound ninety nine back. It was it was yeah. absolutely terrible, spineless performance. The best team, put it this way, the best team didn't win on this occasion. And that is shocking because obviously Blackburn, no disrespect, but they are a, a mid-table championship side. They came to St. James's Park, they bossed it, took the stats, they bossed the shots, uh, shots on target, um, possession-wise. You name it, crosses, everything. We were just, you know, lucky that one piece of quality in the game, and that's what can happen, you know? One piece of quality and, and you know, that that's the difference maker. On top of Gillespie playing a, a, a bit of a blinder as well. I will give him a, a yeah. big shock. I haven't seen him get much credit. I mean, he made a, a particular, there was a double save, I think, at the Leeser's end. Yeah. And um, I was like, I was I was impressed. I was really impressed because I went into it thinking, yeah, uh, well, fear, again, fearing, fearing the worst with the yeah, team shape sure. and then with, with the change, with the defence that we put out and, and obviously a debuting goal. You're sort of fearing that we're going to concede, and I predicted we'd score a few and maybe concede one. But um, we owed a lot to our goalkeeper and probably Kieran Clark for keeping us in that game and then allowing that one piece of quality uh, to really, really, you know, sh sh like totally shine through. But yeah, uh, yeah you know, to, to do well in the cup, though, Kyle, you do need an element and a slice of fortune, and we got an absolutely wedge of fortune in that game honestly mate we should we should have been out we, we should we, we should have been i mean you we talked about gillespie there and i agree it wasn't he it wasn't he saves for me i think the saves that he made the double save i think were both straight at him and their saves he should be making he would was, have been nervous though it was, very, a, very nervous. It, was, it was more the control of the, of the controlling of the ball. When the ball was going into the box, he had full control of the situation. Whereas Darlow would probably look to punch it out or or, or, or flap his hands at it. Like um, Gillespie just Ooh, had full control of the situation. I think there was um, thirty seconds before the end. 
and he caught the ball and from a corner. It was it was brilliant because we were thinking we oh, were just dragging through here and obviously he catches the ball fully composed and all that and done himself bloody proud on his uh, on his Newcastle debut. And it's nice to see, like obviously, as you know, Paul, with um, being from the same postcode as uh, as the as the Longstaff <laughs> brothers, I am uh, like I, I do like seeing the local lads get a chance and stuff. So. Uh, to see Gillespie get a good chance was was good to see, but um, one you know quite a bit about because your uh, connections down Rotherham ways um, is Dan Barley's and um, he's also a local lad. Um, I think he's from Gateshead Way, but he's a he's a cr he, cracking lad. Done well out on loan at Rotherham, and I thought his passing selection he's he's got a lot more confidence on the ball that he used to. I really rate him, Paul. I know you. I know he said to me off podcast that you think he'll go out on loan. But, oh hell yeah! Um, I I really rate the lad. Um, I think his passing's really good. He 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 really puts a shift in as well. Um, and I think Newcastle should keep him because he's a lot like like Shelby in terms of he can be a playmaker for Newcastle, given time and given a given a fair crack of the whip. And I don't think Newcastle have a midfielder like Shelby. And so but for Barley's that to come through and be an alternative, I think is worth keeping him around. Um better than Bendeleb, <laughs> of course. So yeah. than but, I would um, throw that famous line in there, but my grand's better than Bendelev. And um, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, I agree with with, with Barley's. I think he's an exciting talent. We've actually turned down a bid of around about three hundred thousand pounds off Rotherham for him. Now, for a club like Rotherham, the size that they are uh, and what they've spent on a new stadium and facilities and stuff recently over recent years, that's quite a decent bid from them. They are very, very keen on him. They've come back, uh, like I said, they came back with a £300,000 bid and they've come back three times asking C. Bruce for a loan. But there are many more eyes looking at Dan Barlaser. Um no, by all means, he settled into the area really, really well down South Yorkshire. He played fantastically. I know I've got quite a few friends who are season ticket holders down at uh, the New York Stadium, and um, they couldn't speak highly enough, more highly. You know, got fully engrossed in the in the club. Fantastic player, and how you saw him on that game, you know, pinging balls about, being confident, trying to get you know passes forward and stuff. That is what he does all of the time and they're like they were amazed that there was a question mark over whether you'd want to keep him in the squad or not they're just hoping it benefits them and that uh, because of the relationship that we've got with Rotherham and his successful loan period last time that he will come back but I think the the, the most likely scenario for me is that he goes on loan until Christmas and um, the situation's reviewed then because obviously there's there's things around his contract. I think he's 24 now, uh, Kyle. So he really yeah. needs to start playing football. Um, and I just don't see him, apart from maybe the League Cup, getting the game time that he needs. Uh, but ultimately, if he continues to progress, then you're right, it, it could be a natural successor to John Joe Shelby. So do you keep him around and have a mentor and learn of a John Joe Shelby in his prime, looking to get him ready to be ultimately his replacement as long as we stay in the current ownership structure so we're not going out buying Galacticos and that sort of type thing. Uh, but, yeah, there's loads of uh, admiring eyes. But, yeah, Rotherham, £300,000 down on the table with a sizable sell-on fee. 
was offered to Newcastle and uh, and rejected, to be fair, by the club. Um, but it could well be that he ends back up at uh, at Rotherham on on a, on a loan. I think they'd yeah. be they'd be over the moon with that, and they are keeping a space open for him. So clearly, they must have had a little bit of encouragement by Brucey. Maybe look not now, but come back later in the window. And maybe we can discuss business then and stuff. But it was the perfect opportunity opportunity for him to showcase his, his talent, as it was quite a few others. I know you're going to get out to somebody else shortly. Um, but, yeah, some of the balls he was able to play and stuff like that. Uh, considering he's, he's one of the younger players, he's one of the most inexperienced players in the team, I thought he did himself a great credit. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I completely agree. I'd like to see him in a, a team that's more on the front foot. So hopefully we'll get to see him um, against Morgan. We'll, we'll play more attacking and we'll get a bit more chances and we don't look like we're defending for um, 90 minutes. But we've talked about the performance. We've talked about the players that we thought that played well. Uh, so before we'll go into the players we don't like, um, I want to talk about the goal because I think it was a great bit of skill. Obviously, um, the defender headed it down to, to Miggy. He made a bit of a run in backward. It was kind of a backwards pass through the through the uh, through the hole of the, the defence. Uh, and Fraser's one on one. He buries it. So obviously another deputy didn't score a goal along with Wilson and uh, uh, the Irish Jesus himself, which is uh, Jeff Hendrick. But um, yeah, it, it, great finish from him. Great pass by Miggy. But that was the only good chance we had. Did you anything add on the goal, Paul? No, I mean, like I said, the pass was literally eye of a needle. And I know Bruce has talked about utilising Miggy more uh, centrally and more further forward this season. And based upon that, you can definitely see why he would be interested in doing that. Uh, but yet, no ring rust at all by Fraser. Uh, and a fantastic, well-taken finish. I know the keeper got a bit of something on it, but it was always going to end up in the back of the net. Uh, and uh, yeah, our two... So if you were looking at them and thinking if there's going to be match winners on our side, them two could well be it. But Miggy has started the season on fire with assists. So yeah, fantastic by Miggy. He has. Yeah, it was it was a it was a brilliant pass and a well taken finish. And just just to end on Fraser, I think he looks lively. Um, looked keen to impress, and I think he very much did so in the limited time on the ball and that that he had. I think he worked hard, and it's going to be did, hopefully. Going did to be you hear Brucey on the side? Because no, there was no, no sound on, was it? Because the, 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 the £10 got you a stream, which was absolutely dog shit, let's be honest. The commentary and the camera work was shite. And you could hear Brucey, and he was shouting at them at the side, um, use the fucking ball, get hold of the fucking ball. He was just literally <laughs> balling at the, 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 the entire game. But, he, I mean, he couldn't get the message through. But uh, very, very, very makeshift. And... Um, We've touched on it off air as well. I think it would have been better for Barley's if you'd had maybe Matty beside him rather than Sean who had a bit of a stinker. I'd, honestly, the more and more I see Sean, I don't think he's a, a midfielder. I think he's more of a number 10. Um, but, um, yeah, it's... <laughs> just to keep trying to think of the positives. The positives, because I was I was a little bit uh, spitting blood during periods of that game. And I know it's been very, very critical um and stuff but obviously we're going to get to the main the main culprit aren't we shortly well it's not a positive paul the main culprit of this but um i'm going to go on to him now actually i think just please newcastle in the next round and obviously hopefully we can play a little bit better 
on Tuesday and try and get the result against Morgan as well because we're talking about the the draw later on. Obviously, we drew Newport or Watford away from home in the uh, in the cup fourth round. So there's it's a good chance. It's a good little run, Paul. In Huge fact, incentive. well, what well, well, on the topic, we might as well mention it now. Actually, um, it's a good chance, and you've been really talking this up to me um, about how much of a chance it is for Newcastle because you, you think it, it, because you think that the the bigger teams are just going to fob it off because obviously European tournaments and stuff uh, the way things are this season like the European teams aren't going to have time to play these games and you think it's a really good chance don't you it is the best opportunity we've got of getting to the final and winning a final in a long, long, long time because if you look at it, the season's condensed by what seven, eight weeks. In that, you've got the League Cup that a lot of teams have argued should be optional for the bigger teams as it is. They've then got European commitments, and you're asking basically teams to play um, Tuesday, then Saturday, and then maybe uh, again on the Wednesday, then again on the Saturday, Sunday, and so forth and so on. Um, then you've got to mix in with them teams if they've got to put that schedule in, and then they've also got to put European uh, performances out, which is a difficult one with the travelling and everything else like that that's involved also. I just can see most of the big sides put now reserve and youth team players. I think um, teams as well who are, who are close to getting in the top four, think of Alara Leicester or somebody like that again. Are they going to risk... Because if they can get a little bit extra performance in the league, they may qualify for the Champions League and everything. Um, so, again, I, I just see it as a fantastic opportunity for, for us. I, I've seen that a couple of Premier League teams have also potentially that they've drawn each other. So that's going to reduce the amount of Premier League teams down in it. I see even uh, teams in the Championship putting weakened teams out, prioritising, getting up into the Premier League. Because obviously... At the moment, that is where the most money is guaranteed to be generated from. So it's not, you know, they can't afford, and they can't think, well, if we get a, a cup run, we can get the extra gate receipts in, because that's not going to happen. I just see the stars aligning. I see a very favourable draw in Newcastle's favour. And also, the way the draws are happening now, well in advance, you sort of know who you're going to be playing in the next round or two. So you can sort of like plot it forward. If, if it, for example, if this next game was against Manchester City and the next one was going to be against Chelsea, you'd be thinking, oh, typical Newcastle, but it's not. So it's a very achievable. You win these two games, which on paper we should, yeah. you're through to a quarter final, and you've got a one legged semi final this year, and you're through to a final. So I, I just really think it's a big incentive. We've got a bigger squad, a better squad. Bruce, he said we're going to sign one or two more and get rid of some of the, the, the dead weight. I think it's a much better, more balanced squad. Yes, like I said, we need more players in certain areas, but it's shown much more encouragement. Um, so I just think, I mean, obviously we've lost we've lost the likes of Wolves already this season. They've uh, crashed out of the competition. There's been other Premier League sides already gone out. <sighs> what I wouldn't give to see Newcastle win a cup, mate. And oh, um, no, I, sure. I, just, I just think, I just think if, if, you're, if you're serious... And Bruce is serious in what he says. This this could be the moment because I just don't think any of the top sides would put out anywhere near a team that would resemble their best, not even their backup. It's going to be youth teams. So, um, you know, I just want Newcastle to take it, 
deadly serious and not take the amount of risks that we did in the game against Blackburn. Show it a bit of respect. I've talked to you off 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 air about potentially maybe having four or five first teamers in, mixing it up even then with a couple of players who are on the fringe. And then if the game's won, take off some of them five or six who would start in the league and bring some more subs on. But let's get the job done first of all. Because we don't want to be resting players and then going out of the competition. Because, yeah, like I say, sure. seriously, we've got to be, we've got to be thinking about this competition this season. With everything that's going on in the season condensed, and, and the stars aligning a little bit, please, Steve Bruce, take it bloody seriously. Well, could you imagine the podcast after a cup win, Paul? Oh my God! Oh, um, oh um, I nearly think... said, I nearly said uh, a certain word, but I, I, I put the air brake on. Let's just say it, w- it wouldn't be that. It would be uh, happy times rather than that other word I was thinking about. Just a bit. Just a bit. Uh, <laughs> obviously, I've, I've, I haven't seen Newcastle in a final as long as I've supported them. Obviously, 98 and 99, I was two and, and, and no, one and two years old. So, not not not, no, not old enough to experience something like that. But, um, and he's me finishing secondary school then. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my dad's told us the stories of them, but like, it's like, I, I want to experience it for myself now. And Newcastle, the closest they've came is that quarterfinal against City where they kind of abjectly surrendered. And then um, the semi final against Man United when we got when we got embarrassed at, at the Millennium Stadium. Yeah. Um, and I, was, I think I was flipping um, 14 years ago recently. I think it was a couple of months ago. But back on uh, the Blackburn game, obviously I was talking about negatives and um, the negative in this game was um, the record signing for Newcastle United, Joe Linton. Um, for me, I, I spoke about it in my me, in me video. Um, it was his big chance and he didn't, he didn't take it, did he, Paul? No. The only Brazilian, Kyle who can't play fucking football, and we found him. It's unbelievable. In a country that's absolutely obsessed with football, we find the only bastard who can't fucking kick a ball. Uh, I've stuck up for this lad repeatedly, and I've said, we judge too soon. We've got to give him time. He's changing culture, food. Um, His family's set up. You know, he's on the other side of the world. All of those things continue to to bang the drum in. You know, he had a good finish against Spurs, and I've seen little bits and Steve Bruce has kept saying that there's a player in there, there's a player in there, but I'm sorry. But I said during that game, it was like he had a magnet, a grass magnet in his shorts because he sat down on that turf that that many times. It was infuriating to see such a lazy bastard uh, wear that number nine shirt. And, um, you know, the, the, there was a fantastic opportunity to take that nine jersey off him recently. That should have been done. That would have taken some pressure off him. But I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Carl, when you're seeing them play, just put a bit of fucking effort in. Don't ask He's a lot. Up. You know, look at Jocelyn. He was shit. He was proper shit. But you know what? When you put a little bit of effort and graft in, he, he got the fans, you know, the fans behind him. Look, we've had some shite. Leon Best, he was crap. But the fans were behind him because he was putting in the best that he could. And if you do that in a black and white shirt, the fans will love you forever more. But 40 million quid, 40 million quid. And honestly, I was saying to you, where's Elias Sorensen? 
I'd have rather had him in during, you know, for that game because he at least would have ran for you and offered you something. And like when ASM come on and, and he did more in what 30, 40 seconds than than Joe Linton had done in the entire game. And again, Bruce comes out after the game and makes excuses up for him. Um, he needed that them minutes and this, that, and the other. Well, again, I've got zero fucks for you because at the end of the day, why didn't you play pre-season? And the reason was is because he went to a country he shouldn't have gone to. Then he came back to the country and he had to quarantine when he was told not to go to that country in the first place. It, you know, it, when he left, Kyle, he, he'd come up and he said all the right things. You're going to see a different Joe Linton. I want to be working hard and this, that, and the other. And he's just, he's just fucked it off. He's just he's right behind all. What was seeing a different Joe Linton? He's even worse. Do you know mm. what I mean? It's like, there's your bastards. I, I have defended him and I, I don't think I can anymore until he starts showing something. I can't, I can't defend him anymore, mate. I can't. He's not a striker. He's nah. not a left midfielder. He's not a right mid. I don't know what he is, to be honest. A lazy a bastard. Becoming a football, like, is he a footballer? That's, that's a question mark at the minute. He's just, I don't want to tear him down like I am, but he's just shit. Like yeah, he is. And and think, nobody does. Nobody I does. Think, honestly, mate, 20, 30 years from now, even 10, 10 years from now, I think he'll be looked at as Newcastle's worst signing in the history of the club. Like, it, I know we've had worse players, but we haven't bought someone as bad for that much money. Like, Mike yeah. Ash never spent money, ever. All the windows where it was, were crying out, oh, pay 16 million for Pay America, uh, pay America Bamiyang, uh, pay, the, pay the 12 million for Hulk when he was at Porto and banging the goals in, or pay, this, pay the extra 2 million for Alder Vale from Ajax, pay the extra couple of million for all these players that we missed out on over the years, when we missed out on um, Mares when he was in France, when we missed out on Conte when he was in France, and all these talented players we missed out on because we wouldn't invest the money. And he finally does invest the money, and it's on Joe Linton, and it, it doesn't make sense anywhere. Like, whoever scouted him, honestly, whoever scouted him deserves to be put on furlough permanently. Because... <laughs> Honestly, you've never seen the game of football. If you scout that lad and you think he's a striker, Rafa Benitez, who's won the fucking Champions League, looked at him and said, he's a fucking donkey's ass. He's shite. You don't want him. It's not worth the money. Can you please just sign a Rondon? And when you look at the money and you, and you weighed up on what we could have had, the strike partnership we could have had with that £40 million, pound, if you put it with the 20... Yeah, look at... The 20 million we've spent on Wilson and the 40 million that we spent on him, there's 60 million quid. For 60 million pounds, what could we have got? And it, it would make it just makes you cry. It's gonna it's gonna be one of the biggest flops in Premier League history. 40 million pounds. And um no, I not not a footballer for me. He's not got any footballing intelligence. Um he doesn't make the runs, he doesn't put the graft in, he doesn't take the shots on, he's devoid of confidence. Um, there's been people sniffing around him from uh, Turkey and from Germany on about taking him back on loan. Um, I mean, I, I'm half of the persuasion to keep him and let him play some reserve football during the winter months up at Whitley. You know what I mean? But Whitley Park and stuff like that and toughen him up a little bit. And just to say, if you want to play, if you want all the fineries that come with that shirt, then earn it on a night like tonight when it's snowing, when it's sleet, when it's in your face against yeah. some reserves, uh, you know, centre-back 
and stuff and earn earn the, earn the uh, opportunity. And then when he gets into the team in a cushy game like Blackburn at home, maybe he'll cast his mind back to having to play against, I don't know, some reserve team up at Whitley Park and he'll sit there and think, I don't want to go back to them reserves playing in them conditions. I want to play at St. James's Park. He needs I want to, to play in the League Cup. And then, I'll tell you something, he might put a bit of effort in and backbone because like you say, I can forgive shit players. We've had tons of shit players who've been played as strikers, but I will not accept lazy bastards. And that's the same argument I've had with Christian Atsu all along. He, he's a great person off, off the park, lots of charity work, this, that and the other. Lazy bastard when he crossed the white line. You're not putting enough effort in for me and for my liking. And um, I, I was spitting feathers. Uh, spitting feathers at that performance. And it was just, we were messaging during the game and I said, it is the straw that broke the camel's back. He had an opportunity and he fluffed his lines. So I was just like, no, that until you can show me something else and something different, I wouldn't have you anywhere near the first team. That Not was a fraudulent. Uh, it was absolutely fraudulent, that performance. It lacked balls. It, it Everything that, that's, that, that's completely and utterly wrong with a pampered uh, footballer who's had it far too easy. Steve Bruce has protected him far too much. And a few, he needs a few home truths. He needs he someone to get his face. Yeah. He did. He embarrassed the number nine shirt against Blackburn. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for a fact he'll play against Morecambe next Tuesday. But, like, do you know what I mean? It's it's a re- It needs to be a redemption game for him because if, if he doesn't play well against Morecambe, I can see a lot of fans just writing him off. In my head, I've wrote him off until he proves us right, until he proves us wrong. But the way the way he's playing, mate, with how devoid of confidence he looks and stuff, like people are just saying it's one game into the season, you're writing him off already, but it's, it's not, not like no. the, like I say on Twitter, the first person that gave up on Joe Linton was Joe Linton when he played like that. Do you know what I mean? And it's like you can't play like that, man. Not when you're supposed to be the number nine for Newcastle with how much heritage and, and honour that shirt has and you've just fought for it to, fought for it to keep it from uh, from Wilson and you play like that. It's it's yeah. despicable to me, mate, because Callum Come Wilson, on. if he was in if he was made the number nine, he would have started with a goal against West Ham, which is what he did. Uh natural goal scorer, perfect number nine, yet Jolin and had to keep it, give give people a reason to say you deserve it, because at the minute you don't. That's that's just a summary on Joel and, and we've both went in depth on more videos. So if you want to check them out on my Facebook, uh, the links are all over there. Um, if you want to give them a watch, but um, we're moving on to who we who we both think we need going into the uh, the rest of the transfer window because obviously we've done good business and we've spoke about this. Colin Wilson, Ryan Fraser, Jamal Lewis, uh, Gillespie, and um, who was the other one we brought in? Who's the fifth? Oh, I've brought five in and I forgot who it was. But <laughs> <laughs> so we've had Jeff Hendricks, uh, yeah, Irish yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Spot on. Right. Um, we've brought in five players, five good signings, I'd say. Um, a lot of people talk about how well we've invested, but um, there is very much the feeling that we need a couple of more, uh, especially with Jordan's piss poor performance last oh. week. Uh, well, a couple of days ago now. Um, the feeling is very much we need another striker, and there's a couple of um, 
whispers saying that we need another centre-back as well. Obviously, we've been knocked back for the likes of Rob Holden, who Arteta wants to keep hold of. Uh, that wasn't a pun in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> but um, now it's a pun, it's a pun, it's a pun. Oh, no, I'll be getting, I'll be, he'll be, he'll be sliding into me for them DMs for sure. But um, the the couple that I've came up with because of a striker, I've been looking at Liverpool situation, and today they've agreed a deal for Diogo Jota, who plays for Wolves. Now, if he goes in, he can play on the right hand side, and he can play as a sole striker. In the way Liverpool play. Firmino is a false nine, but they don't have an out-and-out centre-forward, and I think Jota would be a forward in that team. I think Joe Linton would be great for them. (laughs) (laughs) You you know what? He was compared to Firmino last year. Send him to Fippin' Liverpool. Come off the £40 as well, please. But um, with the situation at Liverpool, Jota coming in, I think that would free up a space of Divock Origi. Um, being available for loan, or if not, Ryan Brewster for sure. And for me, I would take either of these two, more preferably um, Origi, because when we play Everton and you've got your little hand Pickford, he's going to be having nightmares of the Merseyside derby where Origi keeps scoring past him. But um, Origi offers so much more for me. He's capable of um, eight. Uh, he's capable of eight to ten goals a season, I think. In when he's in and out with the team, and obviously he's a he's a solid player to have in. So if Wilson was to pick up an injury, Origi could just slip in. I know I've called him Origi and Origi in this in this um, in the last two minutes. I don't know which way to swing with it, but um, he'd be a good option for me, Paul. Like I don't know about you, but yeah, he he definitely would be. And again, he's you know he's something that Bruce has asked for repeatedly this summer. He's a player who can hit the ground running. And we've seen that with the other signings that we've already made. They've all been able to contribute straight away. So he would fit into that mould, no doubt about it. There's also the lad from Leicester as well, uh, who's um, you know possibly available. I think he could do a job in the attacking uh, end of the, you know, attacking end of the pitch. Damari Gray. Um, Damari Gray, yeah. I mean, we may need more than one because there is uh, strong rumours down in South Yorkshire as well amongst the Sheffield United fans that um, if Sheffield United don't land their first choice uh, striker, that despite being injured, Dwight Gale is getting a lot of interest down at, uh, at Bramall Lane. So uh, they are looking and sniffing around um, Dwight Gale at the moment as well. So that could be a possible move with obviously his contract ticking down and stuff as well and not yeah, being set sure. on a new contract <clears> for Gale. So it could be that we need maybe one or two uh, you know, players to come in in the attacking ones, but I think Origi for me would definitely be the top choice. I think Brewster is a little bit more of a left field one. It's a little bit more of a chance one. And I know a club in our position with the budgets that we've got, um, you know, we probably can't pass up. He did okay in the championship. Uh, but for me, the lad from Leicester, uh, obviously Origi would definitely be uh, ones to look at. You know, just to give it that extra little bit of firepower. And again, we, we keep talking about balance. It is balance in the team so that we don't have to rely solely on Callum Wilson all the time. Because you can forget about Joe Linton. He's an extra oh, body okay. and, and, and that's it. That is it. Uh, I know Bruce likes him and stuff like that, but uh, there's going to come a time very, very shortly where even Bruce's patience passes. You know, he's a centre-back. He should know how to rile a striker up and how to get him to annoy centre-backs. But he can't. You can't polish a turd. And at the end of the day, 
I think we've been sold a little bit of a, a dud in Joe Linton. So we've got to get this next uh, recruitment bit right. But yeah, Arigi on loan, fantastic. Arigi on a permanent, wonderful. Uh, if not Brewster, yeah, then you you know you come in and you, and you support the lad. But if not, um, I know uh, Brendan Rodgers has been uh, saying that obviously, yeah, Gray is available and stuff as well. So I think, again, another very, very possible, good, proven striker who should be able to hit the ground running. You've not got any issues with people coming in having to, to adjust to the food or the culture or the weather or the style of football or the physicality of the Premier League. These are players who can come in, slot in and just get on with get on with it. You're not having any of this like what we've got with Joe Linton where we're saying, oh, he's got to transition and he's got to get used to things and having to make excuses up to paper over the cracks. Yeah, right. So we'll crack on. Um, obviously, we've been linked with a couple more players since and one that really, I think, triggered the the humour button on uh, Mr. Rutter's brain was uh, we're linked with a right-back from uh, Atletico Madrid by the name of Sergio Arias. And uh, Paul has a has a translation, don't you, Paul? What's it I mean, yeah, it's got to be hairy ass, hasn't it? <laughs> It's got to be hairy ass. I mean, we've we've spent all summer dealing with hairy hands over in <laughs> Qatar, and now we could have a hairy ass playing for us. I mean, you couldn't write this shit up, could you? You really couldn't make this shit up. So, <laughs> as far as uh, as far as it goes, it probably is a dead certain that we're going to sign hairy ass. <laughs> we're looking at twelve million for him as well, you know. But all um, jokes aside, with him, he's actually decent. He's actually a really good fullback. Um, international experience, um, very experienced in multiple leagues, and at twelve million, I think would be a, a, a fairly decent signing to be honest. But whether we're going to go for a player like if his standard, especially with the amount they're looking for, uh, I very much doubt it. I mean, only what I think was a Colombian standard or something that posted it, um, posting the links between us and, um. Hairy horse, <laughs> but um, no, it was a. It, I suppose it makes a lot of sense because Yedlin's obviously going out the door. He's been he's going he's going to Besiktas, and I think if anything, it's more it'd be more of a tribute to him because since he came in, obviously he came in um, championship season. It was a bit of a shock because um, he'd been out on loan at Sunderland and and like it wasn't working for him at Tottenham, but. Um, he came in, he did really well in the championship season. The first Premier League season, he did really well too. But the last two, two, three years from uh, no, the last two years from in particular, I can only count on one hand the amount of good games he's had. He hasn't been great the last two years, has he? No. I mean, you think about the uh, header, you know, that header that literally that he scored and it was, um, I think it was a cross from the left-hand side. Yeah, maximum. yeah, yeah, that was absolutely fantastic. Uh, but his stock in Newcastle has been going down and down and down. His game time, he's been picking up injuries left, right, and center as well, Kyle. So that's affected him. And uh, the fans over here, when I had a look at some of the uh, fans, the message boards over there, they were like they're over the moon with the signing and the potential. And I think you do really, really well there. And I think there comes a time with certain players. It's nothing against the player at all. You know, he's been a good servant of the club. But I think it's just in the best interest of everybody that they go out there and they get a fresh start, uh, working with fresh coaches, hearing different voices, or just perhaps push up their performance levels 
They've not been great for Yedlin recently. Um, and you know that your career is on a bit of a downer if Emil Kraft is going to put you in the pecking order. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it'd be one of them. You know, we'd, we'd thank him for his service and stuff like that. But Brucey has mentioned a couple of times that to have three fullbacks is unhealthy um, and he doesn't want that situation to go on any longer. So, um, obviously, Mankio can cover both sides. So he's a bit of a utility in, in, in that regard. But I think if the opportunity was to come and arise and get, a, a, you know, an upgrade on the right-hand side of the defence, I think Brucey would go for it. Because obviously, as a centre-back, he must be able to sit there and see, like we can, that teams exploit us on our flanks. And we can see a lot of goals down our flanks. So if there's an opportunity to get hairy ass in and he's going to give us a bit more protection, um, you know, if that's the crack, then... Um, <laughs> Rob's definitely on the comment now. Um, then you know, I, I think yeah, if, if the money's there, the finances are, are available to be able to do it. And you know, we're shifting out some quite big earners at the moment. Uh, you know, from the squad and stuff. Then then do it, improve it. You know, that's 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 the test for me. You know, people were whinging about certain signings we made before. I kept saying, is it better than what we've got? Yes, it is. Well, it's a good signing. You know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, let's bring in hairy ass. Why not? <laughs> or an alternative, mate, is um, the bloke who's been very, well, very secretive in his tweets this week. Um, General Valem's on my way. He's been saying, but we don't know where he's on his way to. Um, General has played right back early in his career um, at PSV before he got put to left back, and obviously he played central midfield, central midfield at Frankfurt. Uh, before right. he moved to Newcastle. For me, I think Jet Rowe playing as a right-back would make a lot of sense for Newcastle. Um, I, I think he's natural with both feet. He's um, a very good full-back and get up and down the channel very well. Um, Jamal Lewis on one side and um, Willems on the other, I think is a, is a dangerous prospect. And I think in terms of overall quality on both flanks together, I think it would be the best we've had since... Hmm. Since um, that is a good point. Santon, even though Santon was probably a bit lackluster defensively, um, on both flanks, probably since Enrique and Danny Simpson, um, in terms of quality between both fullbacks and a bit of consistency on both sides to complement the fullback. I mean the centre backs, but um. Yeah, I, I, I would. T- I'll probably take Willems as he's got a season of well, half a season of Premier League experience over um, Harry Os. But um, yeah, I, I, I probably prefer Willems. Would you prefer? Would you prefer Willems? <laughs> I've said all along. I would love for Willems to come back. I mean, he's got a fantastic shot on him. You've just looked at the way. I mean, you talk about ball feet and stuff like that. Look at some of the shots that he's taken on, the goals that he's scored. Uh, he can use both feet and be, I think, effective on both sides quite easily. I think he'd also be good further up the pitch if we needed a bit of cover further up the pitch. Um, you know, especially if we're, if we're playing the sort of system where we've got three up the top. I think you could utilise him up there, but he's a big unit. Not many players are going to go past him. He's athletic. Um, he's teased. Some of the Newcastle players have clicked like uh, on quite a lot of what he's been putting up. Then he's taken Newcastle off his bio. But then he's like also suggested people saying, well, are you on your way to Newcastle? And he's liked one or two little things that people have put on. So he's a bit of a tease 
Um, just yeah, just a little bit of a tease. But I would love him back. I've said all along, he would have, would have been one of the first deals I would have done. Uh, some people are saying it's a free transfer is available on. Some people are saying it's a couple of million pounds, whatever it is. It's a no-brainer. And we talk about... Um, you know, common sense decisions, and it seems to be the most common sense one of the lot to me, to bring him in. I know he's had that injury and stuff like that, um, but so have lots, you know, lots of Newcastle players. I know Callum Wilson had quite a few injury problems with his knees and stuff. Bring him in. He's a fan's favourite. He's going to be able to provide cover on numerous sides. He's Premier League proven, pretty, you know, Premier League ready, um, and we'll just have to leave hairy ass where he was. <laughs> I think, I think that's the best bet. But uh, in terms of a transfer room up front, we've only got two to go. Um, I would take Villains, by the way. Um, is one one in and one out. Um, Mutu, it's not it's not a rumor. It's been confirmed, but he's went to Ibar on loan for the rest of the season. I feel sorry for Mutu, you know, because he never he never got the chance. He didn't. He he never ever got the chance. Like there was a couple of games where he'd get in the team, he'd do okay, and then he'd get dropped. You wouldn't see him again for six months and then he'd play and then he'd do okay or he'd do shit and then he wouldn't play again. And it was just, he never got that run in the team, Paul. Never got that yeah. run in the team. I don't honestly think that there was a position in the team. I think he's more, he's not so much of a striker. I think he's a player, again, who should play in the number 10 sort of role. And um, I don't think we ever sort of set the formation up to suit him as much as possible. Um, I do question how Rafa Benitez and Steve Bruce have both looked at him in training and thought no, and not had him even involved in some training sessions and stuff. They've said he's the model professional and stuff like this, so you can only assume it's a lack of quality or football intelligence, or it could be an issue around language. And we've talked about, again, time and time again on this podcast about consistency and about getting players who are ready to step in. So you're not having to learn the language and you get used to the cuisine and stuff like that. I mean, he looked absolutely like a coil spring, didn't he, on his photographs when he was in Spain. But Ibar are quite a, um, um, a team who are trying to push up the leagues, trying to establish themselves. They're quite a, a, a progressive side. So who knows if that if they have a good season, they may sign them permanently. Uh, but it gets a huge chunk of wage cash off our um, you know off of our uh, monthly payroll, and it gives him again. We talk about Joe Linton. It gives Mutu an opportunity to show people what he can do and to shut some people up, you know. Which is the exact same opportunity that Joe Linton's got. If he plays well, he'll shut people up. If he puts performances in, he'll shut people up. If he's scoring goals, he'll shut people up. And it's the same sort of thing for Mudo. Um, I, I've liked what I've seen of him. I, you know, the goals and stuff that he scored, the research that I did when Newcastle signed him, I was quite confident and pleased. But there must be an issue, mate. It must be the language, the culture, or just not being able to find a place for him in the system. Um you know, or work rate or something like that. It's got to be something like that because when he has played, we've seen glimpses of a cracking player in there, which is more than you can say for the likes of Joe Linton. I've seen more out of Mutu than I have Joe Linton in yeah. that doing something. Um, I think the chance for Mutu was last season to break into that team and for whatever reason, he just didn't. And it's a shame because they kept persisting with Joe Linton and Andy Carroll was in and out of the team. I think... 
if you'd have played Mutu for 38 games last season, I don't think he would have scored two goals. I think he would have scored more than that. So he is a better player than Jolin, and it's just the persisted with with had a few injuries as well. Uh, Lee Ryder was saying that he had quite he's had quite a few knocks and injuries and stuff, and that's probably not helped him. But uh, yeah, a, a move to Spain where he might come up against he might start playing against Harry Ars over in uh, in Spain. <laughs> it's left versus right as well so they'll be next to each other so it's a, it's a better love story than Twilight art <laughs> but, um, I, I mean I wish him all the best Mutu um, and I hope he does well at Ibon I think he'll score I think he'll score over 10 goals in La Liga it's a slower league he's a rapid player smaller players do well in Spain I mean Messi's about 4 foot 10 and he's the best player in the league there so Look at Joslo. Look at Joslo. Yeah. He's gone over there and he's he's totally reignited his career. One of the top performers. I think he was in team of the season for La Liga or something like that. First striker. Oh, Another bit so, of news as well that I completely you know I mean? forgot to put in the notes. Um, Lejeune, he went to Alaves. He joined uh, Joslo at that team. And I think it's the right move, uh, to be honest. I think me and you both agreed on this. I know it left with... At least until Cher and Dummett come back fully fit, a bit short on the centre back, the front. But Lejeune Just needs play more right backs. Play more right backs. That's the key to that man. Don't worry. <laughs> Lejeune Le- 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 needs that first team, first team like guarantee every week where he's going to play, so he can build up his confidence and build up fitness, like, build up his match fitness as well. And then next season when he comes back to it. Or if he comes back to it, then we'll get a much better player there because the last couple of times I've seen him play, he looks off the pace, and that's that's not um, that that's an understatement. He just looks so not with it, and so disappointing on so many levels. And it's a shame because you've said yourself, Paul, he's, you think he's the best natural centre back that we yeah, have on the team. Technically, yeah. But he's his injuries have slowed him down. And hopefully he can go to Spain, where he was very good a couple of seasons ago for, I think it was Girona, I think it was, who was signing him off. And he did very well there for him, was end up signing for £8 million, And he came in and did really well. But there's a lot of people getting at Harry Kane <laughs> for this, because I remember on his debut, Harry Kane says I challenged him and he didn't get sent off for it. And not many people have forgiven Kane for that one. Nah, um, golden boy. He has been a bit in and out with injuries, like, and I don't know if it is because of Kane. I mean, I'm sure medical evidence will tell you if it was or wasn't. But yeah, it he has he's been in and out with the injuries, Lejeune. But I do wish him all the best, like I do with uh, with Yedlin if he's to leave. But um, yeah, it's, Again, it's, yeah, he's he's never complained that he's never complained, which whinged or bitched on, and it's just just it's just a shame when you see like Lejeune coming back from two ACLs. And he's lost, uh, you know, that yard of pace that he that he once had, and he's slower. And it's a bit like saying, you know, like if you've got a pet and stuff like that, and they're struggling on, you're like, it's awful, you know, to see, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, it's the same sort of thing. So let's hope he goes over there, he finishes off his re- his rehabilitation, and we get a player back next season who was up to the same level as the player that we got when he signed. Because I think on his day, technically, he is the best defender that we've got. Um, but unfortunately, it was exposed 
when he came back, he was thrust back into the team because of an emergency over festive period last time. Yeah. Yeah. People were just exploiting. They were just, they were just literally, the opposition defenders were taking the piss out of him. And you don't want to say that to a great professional and a great player. It's, you know, not their fault that they've got injured and stuff like that. But it's a catch-22. They need the games to get fit. But in the Premier League, if you give him the games, we'll be relegated before he's back to match, match fitness. Yeah, pretty So much. It, it makes sense. Like you said, slower over there. He's going to get regular game time. And we can make a more informed decision next summer on do we sell him, do we keep him, or do we loan him back out for the remainder yeah, yeah, of the what he, contract. See what he's like at a top level. Similar to Mutu, if Mutu does well over there, and he scores between 10 and 15 goals, you might look at it and be like, it's a good goal scorer there, give him a chance. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, two big seasons for them, and wish them all the best. But um, the last bit of transfer news is Newcastle are looking to bring in another Peru. Well, not another, but they're looking to bring in a Peruvian midfielder by the name of Ricardo Vilga. Um, I don't know anything about him, to be honest. I've done the, the old joke in here. Uh, scouting, uh, giving him a look on YouTube, and uh, looks a good little player, but very lightweight. Uh, he's tiny, Paul. But uh, Newcastle, up, yeah, Newcastle rumored to, to have agreed a two hundred and fifty thousand pound fee for him. Um, so it, it definitely one for the future if we'll bring him in. Um, yeah, I think he's around the Peru squad, isn't he? At the moment, he's he, even for a young age, he's around the Peru squad. A lot of excitement about him. He's an exciting player. But like you said, he needs to beef up. I think, like uh, physically, he needs to beef up a lot more um, to be able to to stand a chance to to cut it more in the Premier League. But uh, if Nobby Solano is going around singing your praises, then that's good enough for me. Yeah, it's good enough for me as well. Um, he's been getting the comparisons to Nobby. If people are saying, "Well, if he's anything like Nobby, we've got one hell of a player." If he's half of what Nobby Solano was. You know, we've got a hell of a player on our hands because Nobby, yeah, yeah, didn't Nobby make our best Premier League team last week? You know, yeah. so like, you know, he's a he's a fantastic player, Nobby Solano, and he'll always be remembered fondly up here. I think it'll be if if this lad came in, I think it'd be unfair to compare him to Solano straight away because that's it's big shoes to fill, man, for such a young yeah. lad. But yeah, I'll be very happy with the I'll be very happy with the signing. Sit, come in, see what he can do. In the in the under twenty threes and maybe add a little bit of flair to the to the reserve teams and try and get we back fighting for them for the cups and that again because we've dropped off a little bit you know because we're fighting cup and league double two seasons ago under Ben Dawson and then we had who was it uh, the former Barnsley manager Paul Young Neil Redburn yeah Neil Redburn shite and then and then obviously there was a bit of a mess around and then yeah it it just fell off the under 23s whereas there was a bit of hype around it not so long ago so hopefully we can get back to that again but um in terms of transfer stuff that's pretty much all i have but um before we go into the brighton game paul now the 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 media haven't covered this at all really in england but in it i think that's a, it's actually a disgrace but the and this is so ironic, by the way, since they've been leading the charge for all the wrongdoings that the Saudi Arabians have been doing. But the PSG and being sports owner is in court for alleged corruption. And he's been found, as we speak now, he's been found on a couple of things that he's done um, wrongfully. And it's it's just so ironic to me, Paul. What do you reckon? Yeah. 
Well, if I was the judge, I'd have been like, no shit, Sherlock. You're telling <laughs> me that these lot are fucking corrupt. I could have told you a mile off. Um, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not surprised. You only had to look at that corrupt, bent process for them, to, for Qatar, to get the World Cup and seeing what's going on and getting them shifting it to literally anywhere they want. Oh, you can have it summer, you can have it winter, you can have it autumn. You name it, we'll do it. And the amount of dodgy dealings and stuff that's been exposed through this takeover and friends of friends and, you know, companies working together and winning contracts and you've got your hand in his pocket and he's got his hand in that pocket and this pot and that pot. People buying houses for each other uh, as, as sweeteners and stuff like that. It's disgusting. But, you it know, is. at the end of the day, shit filters down. If, if it's going off in fil- at, at FIFA, then it's going off at UEFA. If it's going off at UEFA, which has all both been proven, it's going to filter down to the Premier League, then it's going to filter down to, um, you know, different players. It's going to filter down to, you know, management. It's going to, you know, work its way throughout the game. And this has just been perfectly proven. You At the end of the day, those who throw stones... Um, you know, are greenhouses when they're living in glass houses themselves they need to be very, very careful. He must have known. He will have known all the stuff that's going off. But he just thinks that money and position and power will buy your way out of it. And you can think you can buy your way out of any hole that you're digging yourself into. Well, no. And I'm disgusted. I'm really disgusted at the British media and the broadcasters. But I'm not surprised that they haven't reported on it. You look at companies like The Independent, mate. And they're owned partly by people from Qatar. There's money going into these newspapers from Qatar. So, again, you can control the narrative. Because are you really going to report against the people who write your paycheck, who continue your paper on, who, you know, put money in to produce new shows for Sky and broadcasters and all this sort of thing? You're not, you know. Are you going to are you going to risk upsetting uh, BN, who pump tens of millions of pounds into football, season in, season out, if you're the Premier League. It's all rotten. It's all disgusting. Yeah. And the shocking bit of it is, is that it's not being reported mainstream. You know? It's it it's it's disgusting. All of the mud that's been thrown at the Saudis, yet those who have been thrown a large percentage of it are more complicit of, of wrongdoings and stuff than anybody else. And that's without getting into the World Cup and people dying building these stadiums and stuff like that, mate. It's absolutely disgusting. It is. Disgusting. You mean, look at Mick Delaney. He shoved it in Newcastle fans' face for weeks and weeks and weeks and made we feel guilty for wanting this takeover from PIF. Look at the immoral things they've done. Look at this. How can you just want a football club to be run by people that are getting looked at by amnesty? And oh, look at this. But it's okay for PSG. And and pleading the drum of morality. And then you have Richard Keyes pleading the pleading the case of morality. Yet he works for a company whose owners in for corruption. And then you've got Miguel Delaney, whose news feed has consisted of Gareth Bale moving to Tottenham. So if he's such a big thing for um wrongdoing in the in in the world and making people feel guilty why isn't he on the psg for saying why do you support this why why are you why are you buying into the visions of this man who's doing corruption why aren't you yeah. doing this why is he not asking them questions yeah. are, are you fit and proper exactly. is he a fit and proper person to run a football club you know why aren't asking these questions and 
Sky Sports are usually one of the better news sources in the country. They haven't posted that they've done. They've said briefly, "Oh, such and such is in court." That's it. Like I know. Yeah, the- with Stavely, look at the Stavely one made. They were there all the time. They had people in the courtroom. They're continually having people in the courtroom. But why is that? Because Hoffman and Co. They used to be involved in Barclays. Now they're over on the football side. Well, if they if they annoy and piss off Hoffman, then that could potentially risk future contracts being awarded to Sky, future uh, packages being uh, missed out on. It is literally as corrupt and bent as you like, and it's ripe for an investigation. The entire football pyramid made needs cleaning out because it's full of hypocrites, liars, thieves, con artists, and it 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 oh the smell. It's worse than hairy ass. <laughs> that poor right back's getting fucking um, proper um, <laughs> shot in this episode, isn't he? But um, <laughs> um, it's a joke. I think the media's whole coverage of the takeover and then when the shoe's on the other foot with someone else, some, the lack of coverage, it's just, it's absolutely unbelievable. Like, I know we're meant to be, we're, I know we're told there's not a, an agenda against Newcastle from the media, but it, it damn it definitely feels like there is one. It definitely, like to me, it definitely exists because you had all of them jumping on it. And then this flipping Kosogi woman, uh, the wife, you know, all uh, massive, m- a massive um, activist and stuff for being against wrongdoing and stuff. Yet she's nowhere to be seen. But you should spend a nice little payout, though, that you probably got from Qatar. Um, because, in my opinion, she definitely, she definitely got something. Because she reacted to the takeover falling through, and then that's it. Like the, there's things coming out about um, Kasogi that she didn't even know the 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 bloke that had been assassinated or anything. Like they were just they were just married by name, and that that's pretty much it. Really, they didn't know each other much as people. With that one though, Kai, right? The likes of Sky, the likes of all them journalists that you've mentioned previously, they dug, dug, and dug on that story when she came out, yeah, on what should be a confidential process, they dug away after they got leaks and all sorts. But when it's against the PSG owner, the head of BN, and that sort of thing, where's the investigation? Where's the scrutiny now? Where's, where's the people? There's, there's none of it. There's absolutely none of it. And it reeks of shit. And if you can smell shit, that's probably because there's a stack of shit around somewhere. And in this occasion... I think it perfectly makes its point. Um, he's not fit and proper to run a football club, so that needs to be looked into. Um, and when when you've got people just very, very nonchalantly saying, yeah, he bought me a house. Yeah, so what? It, it, it beggars belief. It is. It's supposed to be a sport of the people, but the, 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 the skip rats that have gone into some of the positions of power is... Absolutely um, ridiculous. Just, yeah, ridiculous. It, it, it beggars belief, and every literally square inch that you look at it, you expose hypocrisy. And um, the, the journalists wonder why they don't get the respect and stuff that they used to get, and why some of the papers have got dog shit reputations. Well, this is this is why. You know, yeah. you, you're covering up. You, you're covering up, and that makes you as in, as explicit in the crime as the people who are doing it. You know, they, they they should be exposing these things that are going on, 
and trying to fix things. The fact that we've still got a World Cup in Qatar, mate, after all this shit that's gone off, that oh, is no. disgusting. What do you it, think? The thing he's going to get either jail time or, or fine. I think it'll be a fine, mate. Like, I think he'll get a poxy yeah. little fine, which he can pay off in yeah. the time it takes for him to have a shit, to be honest. Be, yeah. be a poxy eight grand it'll, fine. He'll get, get, get the money from down the back of his sofa, man. It's like, uh, like Mayo Young finding oh, 20 pence under the sofa. Like, you know? Disgrace, man. They need to jail these people to send out a message, but we'll know for a fact he'll just get a little snap, slap on the wrist, and then they'll move on. But we're going to move on from this one, I think, mate. Because honestly, I can I can feel the the tension become more and more negative towards the towards the media that we're supposed to believe in in all this with our sources. But um, we'll move on to the last thing, mate, which is a, bit, a little bit of a preview for um for Brighton. I'll let you do a, a man in a van for, for for a Brighton preview as well, if you want to do one. But um, yeah, we'll go into Brighton a little bit confident, actually, Paul. We played well against West Ham. Not so well against Blackburn, but the, the winning run keeps on going. And um, we haven't conceded a goal as of yet, but... Um, Brighton's one of them games you look at on the calendar and think that's a it's a hard game by all accounts, but it's a winnable one, Paul. Yeah, it's it's a it's a one of them as Mick Laws used to call them, make or break nineties. It's one of them ones that you really got to target at the beginning of the season to get points from. Uh, they are a team very much like us. We sort of hold hands with them. We got promoted at the same time. We sort of probably in the same sort of like plan in terms of progression and making the club an established Premier League, you know, uh, side again and not a yo-yo club. So results against the likes of Brighton will be huge to where we finish when it comes to the end of the season because they are going to be there or thereabouts around us. Um, But obviously the games last season didn't exactly light the league up. There were some of the most awful games ever but we have got some definite game uh, changes and game winners available uh, obviously we had injuries previously and we've also signed quite a few decent match winners as well um, and they've got a few issues, they've got uh, worries around the likes of Lalana and Ben White as well, the exciting uh, centre-back that they've got, so they've got injury worries around those two players um, so yeah, so like if you look at it, I never like to say I'm confident as a Newcastle fan because you know we're the club that gets let down more times than you know than than Daft make. But um, confident, no. But I'm going into it with a smile on my face, thinking about the possibilities, uh, and I'm going in there assured that we should be able to give them a game. And if we play to, I think if we play to our best and they play to their best. We should come out and nick it because we've got more match winners now than what they've got. That is what I'd like like to think. Um, I saw them against Chelsea. I wasn't overly blown away. I know um, their new manager and stuff was brought in. They got rid of Chris Hughes, which I think was a little bit classless, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I'm going into it thinking we're more than capable of scoring against this team. And I think we're capable of keeping a clean sheet. My only question mark, again, is around the goalkeeper. You know my position on Carl Darlow. I think he's got a mint chant. 
but I'm not his greatest fan. I'm not his greatest fan. Probably back to Brighton. I would. But, I think Gillespie's earned his chance uh, to play in the Premier League. Uh, I think he looks the part. He can command his box well. Good shot stopper. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I'll give him a chance, me. Um, I know. I'd be happy to him in. I would. I know, happy to take Gillespie in. I know for a fact Darla will start, but I'd like yeah. to see yeah, Gillespie get the nod. But um, do you think you'll persist with Hendrick? Because obviously he had a really good second half against West Ham. He got an assist and a goal. Um, I know Fraser played in midweek, but I, I can't see I, I can't see uh, Hendrick being dropped like Paul and see Macron being on the left yeah. and Hendrick on the right again. We'll fifty-seven minutes, fifty-seven minutes. He, he got uh, Fraser in the uh, in the cup game, and um, we've touched upon the fact it was a bit of a dog shape dog shape performance, but. It was more about getting players up to speed and players who missed games during pre-season. Um, so it served a, a purpose, perhaps. But I think the likes of Fraser, Mickey and all them will be back on the bench. And um, I think he's going to go for that uh, physical approach. And then he's going to look to utilise the pace off the bench again of Miggy to be able to stretch their defence and uh, try and really push home the advantage in the second half. So, yeah, I can see Hendrick coming back into it. And, um, you know, obviously he was rested up. Callum Wilson was rested up. And, and now you're getting to see some of the positive of having to go through the painful performance in midweek in that we've got players who've had a week's worth of rest after the initial game. Yeah. So hopefully we've obviously brightened up. They've played a few more of their first teamers in the League Cup midweek. Hopefully... Again, that's another indicator that New that Newcastle will edge this game, um, and I think, yeah, I know you don't like to do predictions, but I'm I'm thinking that Newcastle should be winning this and should be edging this, and maybe a, a nice two nil, that would be nice. That would be nice. I, uh, and it, it, tell you something, it, it would be our best opening to a, a Premier League season with two wins <laughs> since 1997. Christ, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. Best I mean, season. mental. Imagine doing it under Steve Bruce as well. Christ, not even imagine, bothered win, with imagine winning a trophy under Steve Bruce, and then you'd have a Steve Bruce statue outside. <laughs> what what kind of pose would the goal with? Do, like, do you, do you know that Sam Allardyce one where where he's been memed to look like he's looking at a chippy? Do you think they do that for Bruce where he's folding his arms? Somewhat similar to that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'd happily build the statue myself if Bruce wins were a trophy. Um, I'd call him the best manager to ever breathe. But if he wins were oh, a trophy, John, John that, is like that. That, that is a joke uh, for anyone who's taking this a bit too seriously. But, um, nah, it's... Uh, I, with, with, I'm not one for predictions, Paul, as you know, but, like... Um, I have a lot more confidence in my attack because we've got Wilson up front now. Like obviously, last season we had Maximin and Maximin's capable of turning it on and, and lighting teams up. But he never had that striker in front of him because sometimes you play a good ball into the box or a good cross and no one was ever there because Joel Linton was too, well, stupid to not be in the box. As a number yeah. nine. And then Carroll was injured all the time. Has had another kid, so it's um, it, congratulations to Carol. He's just um had another burn, but um, I think he, I think he looks rejuvenated, Paul. I think the Chronicle stepped 
uh, I overstepped the mark a little bit and saying the old Andy Carroll's back. He's only had one good game, but yeah, it's good. And it's he still good. hasn't scored officially. Uh, yeah, and I think you said. I think you said. You said there was. It is a really good chance for him to notch his first for Newcastle, uh, especially with how, how like how Brighton set up and stuff. And I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if Newcastle went to a four-two-three-one for this game, but I think he would go go for four-four-two. The reason I think he might go to a four-two-three-one is to match them in midfield because they play five flat five across the middle across the middle so it might be yeah. hard to come with uh, three to five players against two but um i think hayden and shelby will start again that's a given um hendrick on the right maximum on the left and carol and uh wilson up top i think at the back you play manquillo um jamal lewis will play left back and then Fetty and Lascelles in the middle even though Clark he probably was one of the man of the matches on Tuesday or Monday or whatever it was um, I, I think he'll persist with the other two to, and we should have a, again, a really strong bench a really strong bench and I said to you like I said before and uh, I've got a sneaking suspicion Carol may, may this may be the one you know he's just like you say welcome the birth of his um, you know his, his, his little girl in uh, I know his uh, fiance. I think it's uh, fiance uh, Billy has done all the work there. But again, that's just going to boost your performance by maybe five ten percent. You're going to be walking in with a little bit of more of a stride, a little bit more confidence. He looks lean, mean, already, you know, to, to go. And I just think at home, familiar surroundings, everything that's gone off in his personal life in the past couple of days, um, you know, new contract, a new lease of life. This could be the one, um, touch wood, that he breaks his duck officially. I know he's scored pre-season a few times, but his first official goal since returning. And certainly, I think the Chronicle were right to say that the green shoots of recovery are there with Andy Carroll, but it's all down to staying fit um, and just keeping up these levels of performance. And I think eventually he will notch, and I've got just a sneaking suspicion that it might be against Brighton. It'll be fantastic. And again, you talk about team spirit and morale. They all seem well glued together. Um, and he seems an important part of that from what we've seen on the little snippets on nights out and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, it'll be fantastic. Great way to celebrate the birth of his uh, daughter uh, to be able to notch against um, against Brighton. He always work all against Brighton for that set you missed in the last game. So how we Andy get yourself get yourself your goal, son, um, and get with a win in this game. But um, I'm confident because of Wilson. But um, it is going to be a tough game. Obviously, Brighton want to bounce back from the loss against Chelsea in the league and stuff. So it is a winnable game, but we need to st- stay on our toes because if we concede first, there's going to be a lot of pressure straight away. But um, yeah, I hope. I hope it's been a decent listen for you because uh, that's all I have. Um, Paul will probably do a man of van preview uh, a bit more, in, a bit more in depth just on the previews. We've covered the whole week on this one. Um, but well, you know, you know what? It's funny you should say that because I have actually started to do one. Uh, but when I was out and about driving, I was actually <laughs> stopped. There was a random chicken in the middle of the road as I was going up past Shildon, which is where we had the charity game, if you remember, against Middlesbrough um, back in the day. What a day. So I recorded, yeah. So I was out in the van and a random 
chicken just walks out in front of the van. So uh, I thought I'm gonna have to pause the video there. So I'll uh, I'll be finishing, finishing that one off tomorrow. <laughs> you couldn't make it up. <laughs> oh, be a podcast in itself, that man. The the day children. <laughs> what kind of worms I could open up? I tell you that for now. But oh, um, that's all. Uh, all we'll have time for this week. Um, it's been a good one, as always, Paul. Nice to shoot the breeze and go through the week. But um, make sure you check out um, Paul's man from a van, view from a van. Uh, that would be not man from a van. Um, but it, it, it's always a it's always a cracking laugh. Um, Paul's just ranting about random things in his van. Fantastic! It must be mad watching him drive past. But um, we'll end it there. And um, if you've got anything to add, Paul, before we sign off, no. Just get the three points and let's continue the positivity. Um, you know, certainly on the football inside. The takeover thing that continues to rumble away, but as more things develop with that and as Ashley's lawyers sort of baby oil up and get ready for the um for the conflict that's going to be coming, we'll obviously bring you more of that on uh, Magpie twenty four seven. But um, I'd imagine that over the next week or two that as emails start leaking and court cases start coming and this sort of thing, things could get very interesting on that. But yeah, let's keep it on football and let's hopeful that Newcastle continue what has been a very, very good start of the season, really. Yeah, let's hope that that last comment age as well and the and the, the start continues to do well. But um yeah, I hope you've enjoyed this one and we'll catch you after the the Brighton game for for an instant reaction on the on the podcast but yeah we'll catch you all in a bit see you later everyone keep it